Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Let's open up our Bible. So Mark chapter 14. Man, I'm a, uh, how many of you guys thank God for the word that was preached last week by Minister Andrew John? I mean, I, that was a pretty solid word, really impacted my life. Um, I wanted to steal it and preach it at another church, but, you know, God says not to steal. Anyhow, Mark chapter 14, verse 27 to 31. And uh, we've been on our ongoing series entitled Faces of Grace. And for you that are here for the first time, just want to go real quick. Uh, Faces of Grace is really that when you encounter Jesus Christ, and um, we, we, we kind of hone into these stories and these characters of the Bible where Jesus uh, uh, really extended grace. And we're like, what is this grace about? Well, we're going to begin to learn that. And uh, today uh, is part seven of Faces of Grace. And next week, we conclude our sermon series. I don't want you to miss next week's message, okay? We're going to dive into the scriptures as well. So make sure that you're here next week as we complete this series, Faces of Grace. Let's go to Mark chapter 14, verse 27 to 31. When you got to say amen. All right, we begin reading. It says, on the way, Jesus told them, all of you will desert me. For the scriptures say that God will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. And Peter said, even if everyone else deserts you, I never will. I never will. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter. This very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. You will deny three times that you even know me. No, Peter declared emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the others vowed the same. I want to leapfrog real quick to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. Make sure of you, if you have a Bible, if, if you don't have a Bible, I recommend that you pick one up at Guest Connections. You can also download the Bible app on your phone, um, or you can look at these ginormous screens next to us or above me. And Luke 22 says, so they arrested him and led him to the high priest's home. And Peter followed at a distance. The guard lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat around it. And Peter joined them there. A serving girl noticed him in the firelight and began staring at him. Finally, she said, this man was one of Jesus' followers. But Peter denied it. Woman, he said, I don't even know him. Verse 58. After a while, someone else looking at him said, you must be one of them. No, man, I am not, Peter retorted. About an hour later, someone else insisted. This must be one of them because he is a Galilean too. But Peter said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. At that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter suddenly. And the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny me three times that you even know me. And Peter 
left the courtyard weeping bitterly. I want to talk to you on this subject, uh, part seven, part seven of this series called Faces of Grace. I want to talk to you on this title called Epic Fail. Epic. Look at the person next to you. Tell them Epic Fail. Don't call them an Epic Fail. Just tell them Epic Fail. So that's the title of the message, all right? Can we bow our heads and close our eyes? Father, we just thank you, Lord, for how sweet and amazing you are. Oh, God, your word is so, so refreshing. Your word is like, is like a river, oh, God, that refreshes the soul, oh, God. So, Father, we pray that these next few moments, oh, God, that this may not just be Something that we hear and it sounds good and pleasing to our ears but does nothing to our hearts. That this word may be much greater than information, O oh God, but that this may be a word that transforms our hearts, that our hearts will be so tender and soft to hear the word that you have for it, O oh God. Will you break the soil of our hearts today, God? Would you just toil with it right now, O oh God? Would you... Turn it over, O oh God, so that we may be good soil to receive your word, O oh God. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that, um, that we have this amazing opportunity to reach this city. I thank you, God, that I get to pastor Christ Uncensored House of Worship, one of the most amazing churches in Staten Island. And Lord, I get to be married to the hottest yet anointed woman on the planet. In Jesus' name we pray. And God's people shout. Amen. Amen. And amen. One more time, why don't you give God a praise in this house, man? <laughs> and I got a good-looking drummer, too. He's, he's all right. He's all right. Um, does anybody here like to, uh, do we have any people that like to drive? Woo! Drivers? Drivers in the house? Do we got any drivers in the house? How many legal drivers in the house do we got? Legal drivers? Amen. Okay, illegal drivers. All right. Have mercy, Lord. We're praying for them right now. Uh, but I, how many of you guys enjoy driving? Like, I, I'm not one of those guys that like to drive. I really don't. That's not my spiritual gift. I, I don't like to drive, all right? Uh, in fact, anybody, if you are rolling with me, if you have at least even some type of a driving skill, I might put you to drive because that's how much I detest driving because it is not my spiritual gift. I want to be honest, sometimes when, and I'm not talking about like driving your wife crazy or driving your kids driving, I'm talking about getting on the road uh, behind a wheel and going from point A to point B. Like there's something about driving that makes people, I don't know, I'm not a pastor when I drive. Don't look at me like that. Don't be judging me. Come on. I just, I don't know about, like, the whole driving experience is, is frustrating. It's like the moment I get into the car, is that you? Like, the moment you get into the car, like, you need to check if you're still a, a Christian. Like, you need to check, like, if you're still saved. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I get in the car, and I already feel, like, the demons, like, around me, right? Like, uh, like I wanted to get a bumper sticker. I wanted to get a bumper sticker in the back of my car that said, Ku Hao. But then I remember that I'm usually the one driving. And I said, maybe not. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I don't want the church to get in trouble because I cut somebody off, right? I'm just saying, right? right? So that, that's just not my thing. Like, it, it just people cut you off. You get upset. You get angry. Uh, there was one time this guy pulled over. He cursed me out. And I wanted to say, God bless you. Jesus loves you. But I kind of, 
I, I, I chased him down. That's what I did. I'm going to be honest. I chased him down. But, I, but the truth is, I just don't like driving. That's not my thing. Like, I would, I promise you, I went to go pick up uh, Emily. And Emily told me that she got her, and she's 16 years old. And she told me she got her permit. And I didn't want to drive. I was like, hey, if you want to drive and your mom's cool with it, you could drive. Her mom is finding out about that right now. Anyhow. <laughs> um, it's just, I don't like driving. And um, my wife just got her learner's permit. Praise God. Uh, my wife just got her, lear- her ner- learner's permit. And uh, uh, I mean, how many are excited about that? She got her learner's permit. That's pretty cool, right? Why don't we take a couple of mim- minutes and, and pray for the, the rest of the people on the road right now? Father, we just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh, She's actually an okay driver. But, you know, she's a, she's, she's a driver now, and now, you know, she's doing the, the, the stuff that new drivers do. You know what I'm talking about? Like, now, now I'm, I'm not the only driver in the car. Now I have another driver next to me, so she becomes that backseat driver. Like, you know what I'm talking about? They become annoying. Like, they're the, they're the guys that, while you're trying to make a right turn, you can't because their head is in the way. <laughs> trying to make the right turn for you. Like, uh, excuse me, I can't make the right turn. I can't switch lanes if you are in the way, right? Like, she's one of those people that still thinks that the HOV lane is for three or more people. Don't be judging me. I'm just saying. Like, she's one of them people that think that the yellow light is to slow down. She still thinks that because she's new. But you guys know if you've been driving for more than 10 years, the yellow light means what? Speed up. (laughs) A bunch of delinquents here. Anyhow. I'm trying to tell her, no, baby, baby, that doesn't mean slow down. I mean speed up, right, right? So, um, you know, my wife's been driving lately, and I don't like to drive. So that's a great combination because she actually enjoys driving, right? And in one of those uh, beautiful cruises that we take, um, uh, she was going to work, and she was, and she was going fast, and, well, she was driving still safe. And um, she actually told me not to share this story, but don't judge me. I'm going to do it anyway. Hallelujah. Holla back, little homie. I'm just saying. <laughs> No, but I, I, you know, we, we were going to work, and she's like, hey, I need a ride to work. Take her to work. And I said, you driving. I'll just be on the passenger seat. And, uh, you know, we, what do you do before you go to work? Everybody knows you got to go get that coffee, right? So you go to Dunkin' Donuts. This is a Dunkin' Donuts church. Anybody? Starbucks? Starbucks people? Good, because I was about to kick you out. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We need the guitars. You could drink Starbucks after church. Anyhow. Um, she went to go get Dunkin' Donuts, and so we go and we get, pick up some Dunkin' Donuts, and I was, had my Dunkin' Donuts membership app, and we go and we, you know, here, scan my phone, and I'm like, I don't know, somehow this is going to be in the rapture or something like that. Our phones are going to, anyhow. So, we're coming out of Dunkin' Donuts. Now, when we're coming out of Dunkin' Donuts, there is something called a curb, Right? Now, I'm I'm watching, and I see the curb, right? But I don't need to say, hey, watch the curb. You know why? Because there's a curb. So I'm thinking, I see the curb. She must see the curb. You know why? Because you don't drive on curbs, right? And so what happens? Um, We're driving, and I'm like, I see the curb. She sees the curb. She's a driver. She drives real good. And guess what happens? My wife drives over the curb as if the curb wasn't there. And I'm saying, and I look at her, and I promise you, right now, it's hilarious. But at the moment, when your car looks like it's about to flip over and do a 360, I lost my mind. I'm looking at her, and I'm like, 
<laughs> like, because it's before 10 a.m., so I'm still half asleep, right? <laughs> any, any morning people in the house? You can leave too. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm, I'm a double digits kind of guy, so I don't, I'm not like, and, and could you imagine? I'm not saved before 10, and I'm in a car. Woo, double whammy right there. That's horrible, right? So I'm in, I'm here, and um, I promise you, like, I lost my mind because I'm, I'm like half asleep, and I'm looking, I'm like, there's a curb, there's a curb, there's a curb, there's a curb, but she sees it because she's driving. And I'm like, and I like, oh, like I'm talking to myself, right? I'm like, there's a curb, there's a curb. Boo, 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 boo. And I'm like, there's a curb. There's a curb. And she like lets go of the other wheel because she's paranoid. She's like, oh my God, what? Why are you screaming at me? I'm like, I'm not screaming at you. Because that's what Hispanics do when they're yelling. I'm like, there's a curb. And I'm screaming at the top of my lungs. I'm like, there's a curb. And I, I, you know, I apologize for overreacting. But the car almost, it felt like it almost flipped over, right? And I'm like, oh, what are you doing? Did you not, like, there's a curb. Curbs are not meant for cars. Right? Like the, almost, and, and she's like, but why are you yelling at me? And I'm like, I'm not, we almost died. Like, I'm just trying to overreact right this morning, right? And, and you know, my wife was like, we had a moment, we spoke about it, and we resolved the conflict. Praise the name of Jesus, right? We've got to pray for her, right? But anyhow, you know, she was like, it was a mistake. I'm sorry. I didn't see it. I didn't see it there. It was a mistake. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm just, it was a mistake. I didn't see it there. And I thought about that because, I thought about this because I think oftentimes when it comes to our failures and our mess-ups, many times we don't see it coming. Many times our failures and our mess-ups, we never intend to do on purpose. No one ever says, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to fail today, Right? No one ever says, well, I'm just going to drop the ball today. Well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fail. No one ever does that. No one ever says, I'm going to fail. No one ever says, they're going to drop the ball. And, and no one ever says that I'm going to intend to fail. And she's like, you know, honestly, she was just like, I, I made a mistake. I, I'm sorry. Like, it was, I, I, I didn't see it there. And it's like our failures, where we don't see them there. She didn't get up that morning and said, I'm just going to drive on cement today. I'm going to make sure that I wake up my husband while he's sitting next to me. I'm going to make sure that I almost flip the car over, right? No, it was unintentional. And many times, that's how our failures are. You know what I notice about this story? You know what I notice about this, um, this narrative here? That Peter tried really hard to do what he said he was going to do. Peter gave all his effort to say that he was not going to deny Jesus. And the, and the face of grace that we see today is, is Peter trying his very best not to fail and ultimately ending up in failure. Like, I want you to think about this for a minute because we're talking about, we're not talking about spilling some water. I spill water from this pulpit all the time. We're not talking about that. We're, talk, we're talking about a failure of epic proportions. We're t I'm talking about, oh, like, like, man, I messed up. You know, it's funny, these, these fails. Like, have you ever had an epic fail? Let's be honest. We all had epic fails. Like, we all had those moments where we sent, we were trying to send a text to our spouse, and it went to the, our boss. You know, 
Not you. That was me. Sorry. We always, everybody here has an epic fail story. I, I'm, I, everyone here has a story where they, they, they didn't make it to the bathroom on time. Let's be honest. Come on, church. Let's just be honest. Let's, everybody has one of those stories that you didn't make it to the restroom on time and stuff happened, right? All right, then, church. Um, that was just me. Okay. We got a bunch of liars in the house. <laughs> right, we all got one of the stories because we all have, and you know, some of the epic fails in our life, they're humorous and they're funny, and we can look back at it and we can just laugh at them. But there's some failures in our life that when we look at it, we're like, oh man, I messed up that time. Ah, oh, I really dropped. There's some failures in our life that when we look at it, they're not so funny. They, they kind of make us cringe at times. There's some failures in our life that when we look back, it still pierces our hearts. We kind of still feel the sting of the failure. We, we made a mistake, and we didn't intend to, and we tried our best to really, really do good, and we tried our best to, and, and this failure came, and we really dropped the ball, and ah, I mean, I think about it, ah, man, I messed up. Man, I dropped the ball. Man, I, I, I fell short. Man, I, I tried my best, and it didn't work out. Well, that's the story that we hit today. The story that we hit today is about a, a man who tried his best, yet he, he drops the ball. And you know what he does? He, like, this is Peter. He denies Jesus. Now, anyone could deny Jesus, but not Peter. Like, how does Peter deny Jesus? Peter is the chosen one, so to speak. Peter is the guy that, he's a natural-born leader. He's the guy that leads the church. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 16, do we have that scripture? It says, now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you, who? Peter. I will give you, Peter, the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. He says, Peter, you got power. Let me tell you something, Peter. You're going to be extraordinary. Let me tell you something, Peter. You're upon you, you're going to build my church. You're going to overcome so much. You're going to do so much for the kingdom of God. Peter, in your first sermon, 3,000 people will come to the knowledge of the gospel. Peter, guess what? The church, you're going to be the foundation of the church. Peter is there when he sees miracles after miracles after miracles of Jesus. He sees Jesus healing the blind. He says, Jesus resurrecting Lazarus. This is Peter, the chosen one, possibly the oldest disciple amongst the twelve. This is Peter, the one who's considered one of the three, one of the core people that follow Jesus. This is not some, this is not one of the 120. This is not one of the 5,000. This is one of the three in the inner courts of Jesus' core team. This is Peter, the one, one of the three people that got to see Moses and Elijah stand before Jesus to validate who Jesus is. This is Peter. He is the Neo of the, of the ancient age. He is the chosen one. He's the first one to see that Jesus, the first one to ever in the history of the scriptures to recognize Jesus as the Christ, the chosen one, the Messiah. This is Peter. Now, could you imagine the weight of this? I want you to feel the weight of this for a little bit. I want you to think about this because, again, we kind of overlook these things and it's like, 
I want you to feel the weight about this a little bit. Peter, like, can you imagine him in this moment? Like, how am I supposed to become all that I'm supposed to become when I fail this bad? Like, how am I supposed to, how am I, how am I supposed to be the rock in which Jesus built his church when I have denied him? I can't even, I can't even say that I know Jesus, let alone see a whole church movement or lead a, a church movement. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like your failures may have disqualified you from what God has promised over your life? I feel like I'm preaching to someone here today. Have you ever felt like that? Like, this is Peter. Like, I, I, like how am I supposed to get out? Like, I've just denied the guy who pulled me from the sinking waters. I just denied the guy who healed my mother, my, my mother-in-law. I just denied the guy who called me out of my life of sin and told me to follow. This is, I said, I don't even know who Jesus is. I don't, he, he played the shaggy. It wasn't me. I don't know. Right? Like, I, I don't know who Jesus is. And he denies Jesus. And he, he's in a place where the weight of his denial, the weight of his failure is just crushing him to the ground. And the Bible says he walks out there bitterly because he can't believe how he believes that his failure is bigger than anything that he could ever get out of. He believes that it is possible that he will forever be defined as the guy who denied Jesus. Not once, not twice. Three times just to solidify how epic this failure is. Look at the person next to you. Tell them epic fail. But I want you to write this down. When it comes to the grace of God, write this down. I promise you if you take notes, you get kudo points in heaven. I'm lying. The grace of God, number one, the grace of God is greater than our failures. Oh, we saw that one, Pastor Rowe. We saw that one coming. We, I, I want to start off by letting you know that you, there is no failure so great that it is bigger than the grace of God. The grace of God is greater than our failures. Put the next slide here. I want you to... God is never surprised by our failures and never rejects us because of them. Sometimes our greatest disappointment can become God's greatest display. Who I feel the presence of God, of his power. At times, we must accept that failure is simply part of the process. Can I, can I be honest with you? Your failures don't surprise God. Your failures, your shortcomings, they may surprise you. They may surprise your family. They may surprise others. They never surprise. God doesn't look at, oh, 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 man. Hey, Gabriel, come here. Look what Abraham did this time. Ah, yeah. Yeah, he messed up. Oh, oh. Don't look, don't look, don't look. Nah, he's, he's never surprised by your failures, man. He's never surprised by them. He, he's never surprised that, oh, you really, really screwed up this time. Oh, you really dropped the ball. Oh, you, no, because Jesus told Peter that he was going to deny him three times. Jesus told Peter that. He says, I see your failures, and I know you're going to do it anyway. Guess what? If you told me I was going to fail, I'm going to do the very thing that will, will make sure I don't fail. But Peter couldn't stop the failure from happening. 
Jesus saw it happening. He was not surprised one bit. Like, I've been in those places where I've been surprised at my own failures. Have you ever been there where you've been surprised by your own? Like, you've been surprised at some of the things that came out your mouth? <laughs> you've been surprised by some of the actions that you've Like, there's some things that I've, like, I can't believe I, ah, dang, dang, I, ah, I didn't, I didn't see me doing that. I didn't know that I was going to be, I didn't know this was going to be my life. I didn't know that I was going to do, ah. There's some things that I've done that I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't even know that was in me. Have you, have you, ever, like, you haven't done that? You're like, I, don't even, I didn't even know that was in me. Like, I didn't, I didn't even know that I could possess such an ugliness, so to speak. I didn't know I could, like, there, have, have some emotions got the best of you sometimes? Like, there's some emotions that have surprised me. Like, you ever watch American Idol? It's okay, no, judge, no judgment right here, come on. You ever watch American Idol? Come on. Tell the truth and shame the devil. Like, I'm watching American Idol because my wife's watching it, right? Um, and I'm watching it, and, uh, and like, like you're watching Amer- you ever watch an American Idol, and they say that you're laughing the whole time because they can't sing. And I don't know about you, but I, when I watch American Idol, I start thinking, like, I could win. Like, so I'm like, with arms wide open, right? So I'm like, I, I think I could. I just get excited. I get all into it, right? And I'm like, I'm laughing. I'm cracking up. And, and I'm, I'm like, looking at the contestants. I'm like, this cannot be for real. Like, this has got to be set up. Like, this is, I'm, I'm laughing. It's so funny. Uh, Simon was killing it at the time. He was, yes, that's right, Simon. You tell them, right? And, and, and then they, like, pray. They, they put, like, a little storyline behind one of the contestants that they overcame something. And, and I don't know about you, but all of a sudden, um, like I'm watching it, right, and I see this like this girl just singing, and and she overcame so much, and now she's singing at American Idol, and she's going to Vegas or wherever they gave. She got a yellow ticket, and uh, she's like doing her thing, right, and I'm like, and I'm looking at. It, next thing you know, like my face is leaking, right, and I'm like, <laughs> and my wife is like, are you crying? No, crying? No, no. What are you talking about? Right, like, like I, didn't, I didn't see that coming. I, didn't, I thought I was going to watch American Idol and crack up the whole time. I did not know that I was going to be tearing. But my emotions got me by surprise. And guess what? Sometimes our emotions catch us by su- surprise. Sometimes our failures catch us by surprise. We don't see them coming, and they surprise the heck out of us. But guess what? They don't surprise our God because the story of the Bible is about people. This is the Bible. God uses people that have failed. I'm going to give you another chance. God uses people that have failed. That is the scriptures. Come on, church. This is the God that we serve. Shall we go to the Bible and look at Adam and Eve, epic fail. Like there's a line of men waiting to go to heaven to, to go beat up Adam. Like, yo, because of you, this happened. We're all in this, like, we're all messed up because of you. Like, there's like a long line waiting to beat up, like, Adam, right? Jesus is going to be like, remember me. Remember me. Right? And, like, Adam failed, but God used him. Jacob was a deceiver. He lied to his father. He deceived his brother and took an inheritance. He lied to them, but guess what? God used Jacob and gave him a new name and called him Israel. You want to talk about Jonah? Jonah runs away from God. Like, sorry, God, I cannot go to Nineveh. See ya. 
gives him the deuce. Like, nah, I can't. But God uses Jonah. You want to talk about an epic fail? Look at the life of Moses. Moses kills an Egyptian. Moses could not even talk. He had an epic stuttering problem. But God says, you're going to go preach my word and deliver my people out of Egypt. Talk about an epic fail. God uses people who have failed over and over and over and over. Again, you want to talk about drama? You thought the real housewives of Atlanta had drama. Like David falls in love with one of his closest friend's wife, gets her pregnant, gets her pregnant, and then sends off her husband, who is his friend, to the front line of the battle so that he can get killed. Talk about an epic fail. Like, I'm going to sleep with this woman, and I'm not going to tell her husband, but now she got pregnant. Talk about an epic fail. And now I have to kill her husband. But guess what? God used David. Paul persecuted the church, killed people that followed Jesus. Talk about an epic fail. Like you're doing something wrong when you're killing people that follow Jesus. I'm just saying, right? That's an epic fail. Guess what? God used Paul. And you might be here today and I said, man, my feelings are pretty deep, but God could use you too. You're just, he's just going to add you to the narrative. It was Adam, it was Jacob, it was Abraham, it was David, but guess what? It can be you too. Your failures do not disqualify you from fulfilling God's purpose in your life. I want to let you know that your failures may be a delay, but they're not a dead end. Oh, I feel like preaching here today. Sometimes we are praying for God to save us from our failures instead of believing him to bring us through it. Proverbs chapter 24 says, for a righteous man falls seven times and rises up again. Man, I don't care how many times you have fallen. I don't care how many times you have failed. Guess what? Failure is not final. Failure may be a detour, but it's not a dead end and it's not a deadline. But failure might be a part of the process, and your greatest disappointment might just be God's greatest display of power in your life. Because where you are weak, God is strong. And if you believe that, give God some praise. <laughs> Woo! Like my, the, greatest, the greatest basketball player of all time says this. He says, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. You know who it is. It's not LeBron James. Come on. It's not Kobe Bryant. Come on. It's Michael Jordan. Come on, somebody preach. He says, I've missed over 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've trusted to take the game-winning shot, and I missed. I have failed over and over and over again and in my life, and that is why I succeeded. See, failure is not final. And failure may be a delay, but it's not a defeat. It may be a detour, but not a dead end. Sometimes, if not for our failures, we wouldn't learn and become everything that God has for us. See, failure is not the opposite of success. (laughs) 
Failure is simply a part of success. I'm going to say that again. Failure is not the opposite of success. Failure is simply a part of success. Amen? I want you to write this down. Number two, the grace of God recognizes failure as an event, not a person. I want you to write that down. The grace of God recognizes failure as an event, not a person. Failure isn't our identity. Can we put that up on the screen? Failure is not our identity. We are not defined by the sum of our failures. We are defined by who God says we are. Can I be honest? Can I be honest with you? Failure will preach a message if you allow it to. Failure will preach to you if you allow it to. See, the Bible says that Jesus told him that he was going to fail. He was going to deny him three times. Like, this is a, a failure of epic proportion. He denied Jesus. Any, any husbands in the house? I don't know about you, but if you went out with the guys to a restaurant and a female approached you and said, hey, are you married? Your answer better be yes if you're a husband. I'm just saying, right? Amen. Like, I don't know about you, but if I said, I don't know that woman. I'm not, I'm not married. I want to be honest with you. Pray for me. Because... Your pastor will be fearing his life, I promise you. Like, if, if my wife ever found out I denied our relationship, she would come out of her Christian real quick. <laughs> what you say? You don't know who? Oh, you don't know Lisa? Well, Misha Quita. Let me tell you something over here. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, this is a guy who, he, he tried his best, but he failed. And if you allow failure, the Bible says that suddenly the words flash through Peter's mind. Suddenly the words flash through Peter's mind. I'm gonna, you denied him. You denied him. And let's be honest. Failure will preach that message to you. Failure will tell you, you, you can't look. Do you remember? Do you, like sometimes we can't, the reason that we can't move forward it's not because someone said something about us. Let's be honest. Sometimes the reason that we can't move forward is because failure is still preaching to us. Sometimes the reason that we can't move forward, we can't get away from that event. It becomes our identity. It becomes who we are. It's because they stopped talking, but you're still hearing the preaching and the sermon of failure. That you're still hearing the message of failure over and over in your mind. Let's be honest. Sometimes... We are so quick and short-fused. You know why? Because we are constantly, we are already overwhelmed the arguing with the voices in our head. By the time someone comes to us, we are already defensive and we're all ready to start fighting and we're, because we are exhausted because we have already argued with the voices with our head. So now you come and tell me I'm already ready for your argument because I've been arguing with what's been going on in here for way too long. You, you can allow failure to preach to you, you know. But I refuse to hear the sermon of failure. I refuse to allow failure to be the preacher in my life. I refuse to allow failure to continue to sting me and sting me and sting me because the Bible says that by his stripes we are healed and the Bible says that through his love we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. 
I don't, I don't serve a God that has failed. I serve a God that is victorious. I serve a God that has overcome. I serve a God that can do way more than you could ever dream of and imagine. That's the God I serve. I'm sorry, I'm getting excited here, but I feel like preaching today. Come on, Marcus. Woo! Don't make me go over there and pray. The, I'll play the drums for myself. I'm just... Have you ever tried? Peter tried his best to do what he said he would not do. To, or rather to not do what they said that he would do. It's like, like you ever been in that place where you're, you're, you're really giving it your all? Like I'm, I'm really trying for this marriage to work. I, I really want this marriage to work. And I, I refuse to let this marriage fail. And all of a sudden the marriage ends in divorce. I refuse to, I'm really trying to be a good parent. I'm really doing my best. I'm really taking a great attempt to, to be a good parent here. And I'm, I'm giving it my all. And I, I, I refuse to hear negativity, but I'm trying my best. And all of a sudden, the very thing you thought would not happen, happened. And now you are someone that you said you would not be. You say things you said you would not say. You have become someone you said you never would be. Now you're in this place and just like, I didn't know my kids would end up this way. I didn't know that my life would end up in divorce. I, I didn't know that I was going to have to raise children by myself. I didn't know that I wasn't going to have a job. I didn't know I was, gonna tr- I was trying to do my best in my career, and I was trying to create a family. I was trying to, to, to grow my family. I was trying to do my very best. I'm just trying, God. I'm trying to do my best, and no matter how much I try, it ends up in failure. And oftentimes we allow that failure to preach to us. And when we allow the failure to be the voices that it's inside of our head, all of a sudden now we have internalized that and have become the very failure that we say. But I want to tell you something. Failure is simply an event. It is not a person. Many times we have defined our actions. But failure, it's an event. It's part of the process but it's not who you are. And I don't care how much you've failed this time. I don't don't care how much much wrong you've done. I don't care how much good you've done to try to not fail. And you've messed up. Guess what? I I got married at 20 years old and I never set out for divorce. But guess what? You don't know how hard it is to try to, I'm going to do my very best in my marriage and all of a sudden it ends up in divorce. Oh, epic fail. You don't know the failures that preach to you when you have to drop off your kids every single day weekend and you never get used oh failure will preach a sermon to you (laughs) failure will preach a sermon to you you know that it will tell you you're not a good enough dad look what you did to your kids look what you did to your family look what you did it'll preach to you if you let it but failure is not a person it's an event it's a situation i refuse to allow that to be my identity because i am everything that god says i am and you are everything that God says you are. If you believe it, give God some praise. <laughs> Woo! Last and we're done here. We're done. P- Peter can't take this failure. He, he just can't. And, and, and he can't. He, he, doesn't, he, can't, he doesn't know how to. Like, I, I messed up too big. This failure is too grand. This, I, I, God's grace is beyond this. I cannot. I, I can't. And Peter, you know what the Bible says that Peter does after three years of serving God? 
Like this is a man that walked with Jesus every single day of his life. And you know what the Bible says that this man goes and does? He goes back to the thing that Jesus called him out of. We never hear that Peter went fishing after following Jesus, but all of a sudden Jesus dies on a cross and Peter says, you know what, guys? I'm going to go back fishing. You guys want to come? We're gonna, I'm just going to go back to fishing. You know, sometimes a failure will preach a, me- a message so hard that it'll, it'll, end, it'll end up with you going back from the thing that God pulled you out of. There's some people that don't come to church Christ uncensored. You know why? You know why they don't come to church? Because they don't want to fail once they have accepted following Jesus. They say things like, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to be two-faced. I don't, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be one of those Christians that they come to church and, you know, they drop the ball. Like, what? This is the story of the Bible. Do you know how many times your pastor has messed up? Do you know how many times our volunteers, our leaders, this is the Bible. Guess what? A righteous man falls seven times. Not an not a ungodly man. A righteous man falls seven times, but seven times he gets back up. Peter says, I, hey, hey, I, I'm just going to go back fishing. I'm going to go back to the things. I'm going to go back to this ordinary life. Like you go from an epic life to an epic failure, and then you want to go back to an order. I just, God can't use me anymore. God just, I, I, I started off a relationship with God good. I, I started following him, but now I fail too much. I'm going to go back fishing. And some of you here today, and here you've already gone back fishing. In here, you've already listened to the message of failure, and you said, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to the thing that, that I was doing before I started following God. I'm, I'm just going to go back to it. I just, you know, I, this is all I know. This is all I know, and I'm good at it. I'm just, this is what I'm going to do. But God is not calling you. God is calling you to live an extraordinary life that, that changes the history of the world. You know, when we preach here on Sundays, it's not just simply for us to feel good and be encouraged, and that's it. We preach on Sundays because there's people's lives at stake. There's people that we're trying to reach, and there's people that we're trying to return back to the Father. So that's why we preach, preach with such, such conviction, because there's too many people that have tried God and said, I'm going to go back fishing because I failed and I dropped the ball, and God can't take me out of this one. I'm no good for God. God says, you're exactly what I need, and you're exactly an example of what I've done in the scriptures. Number three, write this down. The grace of God accomplishes God's purpose in our lives, regardless of our failure. The grace of God accomplishes God's purpose in our lives, regardless of our failure. You can't outfail God's restoring grace. Grace enables you to face your failures and move forward. This is what the grace of God does. It says, hey, it's not about you. And because it's not about you, it's not about what you've done and what you've not done. It's all about me. And that's why you're empowered to accomplish what I've called you to accomplish. That's called epic grace. That was a good time to say amen right there. That's called epic grace. Forget about your epic failures. We all got them. Some of them are funny. Some of them are very painful. Some of them preach to us. But God's grace is greater than your failures. 
the grace of God recognizes failure as an event and not a person. And the grace of God accomplishes God's purpose in our lives regardless of our failures. John chapter 21, and we're done. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up with me. Quietly. (laughs) John chapter 21. I want you to, if you can focus on what, if you can focus on the conversation that is about to take place in this story. Peter goes back fishing and and the Bible says that he cannot catch anything. Like, that's like LeBron James not able to make a shot. Like, he cannot catch a single fish. With all the fish in the water, he can't catch any. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that Jesus calls to the disciples. And he says, hey, throw the net to the other side of the boat. And they grab the net, they throw it over to the other side. And the Bible says that the whole net gets filled with fish. The whole net gets filled with fish. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible says Peter is just beyond himself. He's like, is that our master? Is that Jesus? He runs. He, matter of fact, he throws himself in the waters swims over to the shore and finds Jesus. You know what he's doing? Jesus is cooking fish. Now, the only time in the Bible that the original word for charcoal fire, the only time it's found in the Bible is in two instances. (laughs) One of them, watch this. Watch this, watch this. Charcoal fire, the original word is only found twice in the New Testament. And it's found in the charcoal fire where that was created when Peter denied Jesus. It says they they lit a charcoal fire. And it's found again when Jesus calls them and says, hey, throw your net to the other side. And he comes and this time on the charcoal fire, he's grilling some fish. Now I'm a vegan, so I don't eat fish. But Any vegans in the house? No. All right. They're like, how could he be a vegan and he got a belly? Only a month. I've only been doing it a month, all right? He's cooking up fish, and I I just can't help to think. They're having this conversation now. And when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Now, people think that it's either the fishing, like, do you love me more than these fish? In other words, do you love me more than your ordinary life? Or people think that of these disciples. And I say people, I'm talking about theologians. He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Are we having a deja vu here? Like you just asked me this two times already. Like why are you, are you, 
Like, are you doubting right now? Are you doubting me because I denied you? Are you doubting me because of my failure? And he asks him a third time, Peter. And Peter was grieved because he had said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know my start from my finish. You know my beginning from my end. You know my failures to my victory. You know when I'm in health and when I'm out of health. You know when I'm sick and when I'm... Lord, you know everything. You know my shortcomings. You know my failures. You know what I've been trying to... Lord, you know everything. If anything, you know that I love you. And I think that... We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.